Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. <laughs> we're going, we're going voices. I'm doing a full Richard Mall voice tonight. Uh, I love I'm it. Charlie. I'm Eric. I'm not going to do that voice. This is a movie podcast, though. When we talk about the big things, the big pictures, right? Richard Mall just passed somehow. Mm-hmm. Richard Mall was 80. That's crazy. I. Not that I've been Crazy assuming because he's like a giant. He's and they don't six usually... eight. Yeah. <laughs> when have you? Do you know how freaked out you'd be if you just saw a six foot eight old man come into a place? I've never seen that. They would look like the tree giants in like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. He's I've an never intimidating seen that figure. Before. Eighty years old. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I'm glad he picked movies as his profession rather than just creepy guy out in the woods or something. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he... yeah. This is the definition of like a genre actor. Exactly. Who l- sunk every genre actor's dream of landing a super popular role on a sitcom that lasted through like four generations. My court was on a cr- from 84 to 92. Yeah. When everything got changed completely. That was a crazy leap of eight years. To, and, and he's like the one character whose name you remember from that show. Bull. Everybody remembers Bull. Yeah, I couldn't tell you what any other character on that show was. I know we watched it as when I was a kid, or it was on Roz. People love Roz. People love John Larroquette. It was Long, a fair, yeah, yeah, It was yeah. a show that ran for eight hundred episodes. But we all remember Bull. But Richard Mole was like, yeah, couldn't top that. And it's such a rare feat for a guy who's just a total freak to do these roles. Because look at the same year Night Court starts. We're doing The Dungeon Master. That's right. Same year. From 1984. This guy in The Dungeon Master would go on to have a hugely successful run on one of the biggest American sitcoms of our lifetime. The same year as Dungeon Master. I believe it, though. What a dream, man. He is so good in this movie. It's perfection. It is maybe one of the most perfect performances we've talked about (laughs) in this entire podcast. For 200 plus episodes. Every choice he makes, every laugh, every yell, everything is just like spot on. This guy gets it. No notes. This guy gets it and knew exactly what to do with this movie that seemed (laughs) impossible to act in. He, if, yeah, if he knew what to do with this movie, he's the only one. Because I don't know what to make of this thing as a whole. Charlie, this picture. It's a weird movie. Confuses me so much. It's so strange. It feels like a, it, I mean, it's a, it's a kind of an anthology, different segments coming together, but it really feels like we had seven different short films that we just kind of put them together. So, so you and I, we're, we're pretty big Empire Pictures guys. At Definitely. this point, we're full, like, Charles Band fans. Any, anything with band in it. Yeah. I'm going. We've really been hitting, like, Dolls is one of our, that's like a show favorite. That's a lo- yeah. We just did a couple of Ghoulies. Did Trancers was one of the first ones. I insisted on Trancers. Yeah, Trancers. God, love Charles Band. Everything he does. Yeah, and there's been so many Band movies that have come like this, like switched at the last minute. Mm -hmm. I can't believe we haven't done Arena or 
terror exactly. terror vision. Yeah. Those, those keep like those getting on, on the, the docket and then one, getting bumped right? for something probably much stupider than yes. Arena. <laughs> or <laughs> another barbarian movie. Yeah, man. Empire <laughs> Pictures stuff. They got thirty different movies that I think are great. Right? This this was a great studio. Charles Band did some work. Dungeon Master, I don't know if it is one of the I don't know if it's one of the top 30 of uh, Empire, but man, I'm into Dungeon Master. What a... It's a lot of fun. This guy is the kind of filmmaker who like thinks of a poster idea or just one, a rhyme. I guarantee you when he thought of Cellar Dweller, all he thought of was the name. Right. And then they're just like, make up a movie around that. That's all he does. He thinks of like one idea... Any kind of idea. Title, poster. It's like, yeah, that ghoulie, put him on a toilet. What's a ghoulie? It's like, we'll figure that out. We'll write four movies about it. Well, this one, yeah, it's that perfect time where computers are starting to enter into the, the household. And he's like, we got to make a computer movie. We got to do our computer movie. Yeah. I don't know if maybe uh, you know, other computer movies had been happening yet or if he's the pioneer in computer if horror. not the computer horror genre because evil speak was was earlier than evil this. speak was earlier yeah, With yeah. another richard mall yep. <laughs> flick right yeah uh he was dominating the computer horror scene so that must have been what 80s. happened yeah band was like i gotta get this mall guy back in front of a camera and it's gotta be a computer thing yeah if not the first computer kind of horror stuff definitely an early pioneer of horror laser the, yeah Definitely. I don't think I've seen a lot of laser work in in these kind of movies before this. I don't think you ever need to see. An, I don't need to see another laser again in my life after watching this movie. There's a lot of laser effects. <laughs> the amount of laser throughout. <laughs> Obviously, computers were good for one thing in 1984: yeah. shooting a laser, neon green <laughs> lasers. Sometimes they're straight lines. Other times, we can make them a dragon. That's true. Oh yeah. You can do whatever you want. They you made, can bounce them off a of glass. He like did an invisible wall routine, and they kind of made impact marks in the neon green. Computers they are got good for that. They had like a laser budget on this. Yeah, we talk about a lot with Charles Band how he seems to have a good idea of where to use budget. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, these movies are not always very expensive, so the budget's always going to guys like John Beekler, well represented in the Dungeon Master for doing these exactly. great effects, right? But he had to have a laser guy. Had to. Had to have an on-set guy. I actually would love to to find out. I did no research into this movie. I would, <laughs> yeah. I would love to find out that someone had to like hand draw the lasers. Like a computer was not involved. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, yeah. because they're doing some real like William Gibson like predicting the future of technology stuff in this movie too. So there's some there's some there's something interesting that. Almost happens in this movie. You can't say Dungeon Master is a bad movie. It's like, it's also, well, it's kind of like barely a movie. It's barely a movie. The end credits are like eight minutes long. (laughs) And the movie is only 73 minutes long. So it's like already they're running an eight minute credit sequence on a 65 minute movie. Yeah, I feel like in 1984, yeah, even like an hour 16 front and back credits included seems short for a movie yeah man they Se- were going in 73 and the opening uh, let me tell you i think the opening credit sequence was as long i think it is they did this thing and padded so much in and what it felt like i also did no research in this Good. movie uh 
So with all the different directors involved, all those names are guys that we've seen in other Empire stuff. Yeah, so this thing has like seven different directors. Doing like seven different segment. short films. And essentially the, the bare bones plot is Richard Mole is like the devil, challenges a computer programmer to seven challenges that the computer programmer has to use his computer to solve. Yeah. Which means lasers. And uh, each director I'm gets a different lost. segment. Like yeah, so each so what if now knowing in hindsight that all these guys that directed these shorts throughout this one feature mm-hmm. and a lady and a lady, <laughs> uh, all did work for band for like the next ten years. Yeah, like Manusian did. Peter Manusian did Arena mm-hmm. and like Demonic Toys. We'll be doing. I'm sure we'll be doing Demonic Toys <laughs> soon. So. We'll hit up Demonic Toys before From Beyond. Yeah, or Reanimator, right? But obviously, Beekler worked there for, jeez. Beekler okay, does it. That um, Beekler and Beekler, Charles and Richard Band are like the three things I associate with yeah. Empire. Uh, the the guy that does the uh, stop motion sequence, David Allen, does all the like puppet master stuff. Oh yeah, and all the visual effects. And he went on to Industrial Light and Magic. Yeah, that guy's in Oscar nominated yeah. stuff, you know. But he was also doing stop motion animation in Rage War. Can we talk about Rage War? We have to talk about the opening sequence and then, yeah, then Rage War. Because this thing opens where... Did yours open you... with full frontal? Yeah, on Tubi. <laughs> on Tubi. I could have sworn I it I put said... that thing on in the living room. <laughs> like, my wife could come out of the bedroom at any moment, and I am busted. <laughs> it says PG-13, right? I believe so. It's not X. No. Not... This but it woman... starts with full frontal dream sequence. And it's like a real gauzy dream sequence, and they're at, you know, some Air Force fort somewhere. But it's but real cheap. Yeah, film it, out at Fort MacArthur. You know, it's it, cheap. It, it might feels look... like the middle of the movie started at the beginning. Like, it had me checking, like, did we skip ahead here? Because I just saw the, the MGM logo go up, and then all of a sudden <laughs> we're in the middle of this movie. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's it's chasing start, this A movie that starts with a dream sequence. And not just starts with a dream sequence, but makes it clear that you're, like, watching a dream sequence to start the movie. Yeah. It's got that (laughs) slow dream running going on. It's got this great, yeah, gauzy effect in the music. And it's... uh, It's like starting a movie with a flashback. It's like you just could have started there. Why do we we need to know? (laughs) And, yeah. And so it's just him. This goes on forever. He is chasing this time. woman down because it's this slow, dreamlike thing. Movie jumps you in, right? This is before you find out the name of the movie you're watching is different. Yeah. And then suddenly the woman is just completely naked. You, Good movie. I mean, <laughs> as teens, we rented movies that enticed us with the potential for, like, boobs. Sure. Right? Like, going after it. There's a reason we're renting, like, screwballs. Right, or exactly. Porky's, right? Like I think something happens in Porky's, but like nobody would be written Dungeon Master. Nobody in, saw like, this coming. Hope we can get some full frontal three minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> nobody the knew we that. Will never see again that would have been the. Did Charles Band know that this be like the most legendary rental tape? Because it's like, yeah, you read it, and it's like right at the beginning of the movie. The tape does not get worn out at all. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good call. Just put it right at the top. It's like naming your getting an extra A in your name to be at the top of the phone book. <laughs> Just like put full bush, three minutes in before the opening credits. It it absolutely feels like 
they had made the movie and they were like, this thing is topping out at an hour and nine minutes. And the there's credits. no nudity in it. <laughs> Good point. So we yeah. got to add a little nudity. Give them another dream sequence. And then uh, they start making, they start like as if they're going to, you know, have some sex on this yeah. bed in the middle of this Air Force <laughs> base. And then like three rejects from American Werewolf in London. Oh, in. yeah. Stormtroopers busted. And uh, steal the girl, punch him, walk out. Rage War. <laughs> title. Yeah. Rage War. Rage War was the original <laughs> title of this movie. And apparently they changed it to Jun- Dungeon Master to capitalize off of like Dungeons and Dragons kind of stuff. Dungeons and Dragons was huge, man. So, I don't know what a Rage War is. I have I wa- no idea what I watched rage an war interview is. with I would like to see that movie. <laughs> I, I watched rage an interview war. with Peter uh, Mnuchin and he's like he's like, you know, the movie was originally called Rage War, which is a great title. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I guess <laughs> But it doesn't mean anything. Imagine your mom dropping you off to see Rage War. <laughs> such a fake Simpsons video game of it does a seem like title. It, yeah. Rage War. The Dungeon Master, I think it works, yeah. Because you do have this character acting very much like the Dungeon Master setting up these games for the guys. So I'll, I'll buy that. Even though it may not have been the original yeah, idea. I'd, so here's the thing. I don't know what the original idea is. For all I know, it's... It was banned telling all of these director apprentices to, like, direct a five to 15 minute movie. And then hit the end, him going like, you know, these are pretty good. Let's just find a way to exactly. put these together. I, I guess. I, we can make up our own mythology for what he did. Because these things, I don't know how any of this is related. I don't know. <laughs> they just, it's seven different stories that they join together in the weirdest way. We've seen this movie used this way in other movies. We've seen Night Train to Terror. When they just take stuff from the Dungeon Master and re-edit it to a different 30-minute movie. That's always strange. Yeah. When you can find clips of a movie in a completely different movie. Yeah. That always is so bizarre. I'm pretty sure we saw Night Train to Terror before we'd seen the Dungeon Master. Maybe, yeah. (laughs) We watched it as a group quite a while ago. I yeah. remember that. And it's a lot of fun. But yeah, watching it again, trying to actually follow a storyline here was just like... So yeah, our, our our main guy wakes up from this terrible nightmare in which these monsters have kidnapped the naked lady. Uh, that will never be revisited. So don't worry about that. No. Uh, he's a he's a computer repairman. He goes and makes a call. He's got Google glasses. He's got some <laughs> of this cool, like weird... This tech movie, that didn't exist in basically 84. it all boils down to this dude has a nintendo power glove he's got a glove he's deep into computers he's got a he's got siri who's talking to him and he loves keeping running track of his running time in the shortest of shorts and he's got a, a girlfriend that he wants to marry but he also loves this computer cow and it's uh i actually thought that was so i think something else was planned here you have you have like a theory behind i have a theory because rage war because uh, he asks her to marry him. The girlfriend says, I can't, you know, you love this computer more than me. We can't She's get really, yeah. We and don't really like, get no. a lot of his deep relationship with the computer. That kind of comes really strong. She's yeah. like, you love these fucking computers. You have a passion yeah. for these computers. And I would just be a wife. So there's a whole conversation like that. Then they go to bed. Real gamer. They go to bed. The glasses get like a green fire effect. 
in them. <laughs> so that Neon while it's green watch, while, fire. While Cal is clearly watching them have sex, the computer. Yeah. And she makes this weird reference, the girlfriend does, about how he and Cal linked up in an experiment. Previously. Yeah. Lo- they really talk about him like linking up. Like a neural link kind of thing, right? Yeah. So I thought that was all very interesting. And then we get a demon has kidnapped him and puts him through a series of games. Yeah. So you're talking about this Cal and story. It's like, what the hell happened? <laughs> really quick, Richard Ball Linked suddenly up. kidnaps him <laughs> to like trick him. Like It's like he was like anti-computer. And he's like, I'll show you and your computer. Out of nowhere, the devil, the actual devil, yeah. is punishing a guy for being too into gaming. And he's like, and if you don't beat these games, I get your girlfriend. Just like, of anyone. Yeah. What is the devil going so hard after this guy for? The devil being Richard Maul is, yeah. Oh, yeah. He is. uh... But do we, so do we know why he went like so hard after this guy? Like, this is like Saw when the guy punishes just a guy who's like, oh, you were smoking on a cancer ward, so I'm going right. to suck out your eyeballs. It, it makes it sound like the, the, the devil character is just bored as hell. He and does he just, say he's... <laughs> he, just fi- he likes to find people to, uh, to torment and to challenge with these little games. So there's that aspect, I think. You want to know what I think? Yeah, or, or do I we do. Wait? Okay, I think it's all the computer. <gasps> you think Cal is... A I think ki- Cal... They've linked up in the past. That opening dream is Cal. Oh, man. And then you see the fire in the glasses, and then it, there's green smoke behind the devil the entire time Richard Mull's on camera. And uh, I think it's the computer trying to break him in the, in the girl up. Wow. Because then the devil tr- kind of tries to break them up in the middle of these challenges. Yeah. Where he's like, you believe this guy's all that? And he's like trying to tempt him away from her and stuff. And uh, I don't know how if he's linking to the girlfriend because the girlfriend's you know chained to a rock the whole time, or if that's part of the sim. But no. I think it's all like the computer putting him through like a simulation. Charlie, I'm going to tell you, I am completely 100 percent convinced. <laughs> all right, I am. I don't so know if that's unborn. like a known thing. I, I looked am... online really quickly, like. Looking for this thing. But how do you Google that? Right, you like, the Dungeon Master, 1984. <laughs> if... Is it all the computer? <laughs> And Google's got like a blog from 2012 where the guy's just like, this is a dumb movie. Yeah. Like, ah, that's not answering my question. I am 100% on board for this. I love this yeah. movie so much more now that you've come up with this explanation for it. This is entirely Cal not only trying to split up uh, Gwen and uh, our hunky Paul? lead. Paul? <laughs> Paul. He's wearing that like foam, foamy like nintendo power suit he's got a full time and that that's what's interesting too yeah the whole movie he's got a power glove and it's like all the levels that he has to go through are very much a video game yeah and it's like a lot it's all like zelda like shoot the crystal off the thing (laughs) yeah it's it's like how did they know to do that before zelda (laughs) was around 1984 right year before zelda good stuff i man you are Pushing me so deep into Dungeon Master. So, Mestima, the Richard Mole character, is Mestima. like... He is uh, just such a overbearing, like, bizarre... I, it's, it's almost like, I think... And then he names Paul Excalibrate, which is the name of the computer. He dubs Excalibrate. him... By the power of the Lord of Darkness! All right. <laughs> We've been talking about what new, like, 
quotes we need to put into a, a like a revamped intro to this show. Oh my god, the way Mole hits that the, the that Prince note of right there, the note. Prince of Darkness note. He the camera like pulls back so you can see just how big he is. He's holding that sword like just like he by the power of Grayskull. It's so like, good, it's incredible. It's amazing. Everything he does is so perfect. He, he made all the right choices. Uh, all of them. He's got the great big widow's peak. He's got these like prosthetic eyebrow things. He's got the long black fingernails. You're talking ahead of their time. Did Ghostbusters 2 just rip off? Oh, 100%. This is all Vigo, right? It Total. is a dead match in several scenes. But we Good all saw one. Vigo... One of the creepiest things, if we're being honest, of my childhood horror. Mm. That Vigo painting. The Vigo? In that Ghostbusters got you, huh? 2. Oh, God. It's so scary it. in that. I remember what, going to see Ghostbusters 2 in the theater and being like, this is, a, this is kind of scary to me a little <laughs> yeah, bit. <laughs> I, was, I was too young for that Ghostbusters. That scene uh-huh. where they're in the slime. Uh, that ghost train. Oh, yeah. Even that thing in the bathtub going after. I was like, this, I'm feeling a little scared right now. <laughs> but Vigo. Yeah. That painting, man, when he's Pierre McNichols, like alone in the room with that painting, candlelit. Scared. I get that. I'm scared. And they took it all from Richard Mull's Mestima. I think Mestima so. Mestima is Vigo. Different attire. Mm-hmm. Vigo didn't have like a big, like, gothic cowl. He wasn't wearing any armor. Yeah. Mm-mm. Or, no, yeah, Mestima's not wearing the armor. Yeah, this one he's got a real almost Dracula look to him, yeah. which is great. It's like a Dracula orc. It's incredible. Yeah. And what he's sitting at a throne at one point, though, so he's got his kind of like... He should have been the king in all these things, man. Every yeah. Now that we've seen a few different Richard Mull warlock-type performances, we talked about him recently on Sword and the Sorcerer. Mm. Oh, yeah, Zeus, yeah, yeah. The, uh, another, he's, uh, he's the big... Yeah, he's in so much makeup in that one, you hardly could tell but the voice is there crazy he just didn't work with he seems like a peter jackson guy yeah he does a lot of genre work a lot of low budget stuff a lot of tv appearances a lot of novelty appearances too guy that'll show up as richard mole oh yeah you know big game show circuit guy in the 80s he'll show up on super password i could see that he'll do body language but uh, like, there's only so much work for these six eight yeah. guys, right? But his voice, he did a lot of voice work, too. You're talking um, voice work, man. Yeah. His we, Batman work. We knew him from, yeah, as Harvey Dent on the, the animated series back Har- in the 90s. Harvey Dent was... Two-Face. He was as on, like, maybe more than anybody but the Joker for villains. Feels like there was a lot of good Two-Face episodes. And that was the villain, especially uh, in that animated series, that really had a lot of depth and heart given to him. Yeah, those, those Two Face episodes are like pretty bleak. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, we're gonna need a two parter for this one, kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had no idea it was Richard Mull at the time. Now it's of course the animated Makes series sense. is known for like yeah. the voice casting is the best ever. Yeah, right. But man, had to be more than a dozen Harvey Dent Two Face episodes, and Mull was like, that's some great stuff. And you see the passion he puts into the dungeon master. How little do you think he knew about anything else in this movie? How that's why he just kept going for it in all these notes, right? He just so. was just like, you know what? I don't know, have any idea what I'm acting opposite. We're just out here in the desert. I don't know what they did for his hell scene. I loved it. 
Oh, I love that. They're just out in the desert somewhere, and they filmed it at night with all these great lights and stuff. The, yeah, the way I said that earlier, that the green smoke that's always behind him is gorgeous. It just looks so cool. I'm just like, I just want to see that all the time. It's almost one of those where you're a little disappointed when he has to go do the next challenge. It's you're, like, like, you're like, come on. <laughs> just like, want some ball. It's like this neon-ish version of the uh, that Leuven Brothers album cover. <laughs> Satan is real. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> like there's just like laser flames and stuff but in yeah. the background. I, I I love the thought of him not knowing anything else about what the other segments are because he has to then you know our our hero will win whatever challenge he's given, which is usually just like shooting a little zombie creature, yeah, like that. And that's kind of what made me think it's the computer too because he's never really challenged. In yeah, any these of are these all very winnable. These are very slow moving like zombies. He kind of just knocks over. Or, uh, you know, the, the little rat spit character that Beekler does. It's, like, <laughs> not very intimidating. I, I I mean, so building off of your theory, do you think Cal just has, like, this fetish for seeing her man, like, athletic? You know, she's watching him hump. She loves going on long runs with him. Oh, Now she's, like, yes. got all these fantasies about him bite, fighting, like, goblins and zombies. And she's just, like, getting off on it. I think right? so. I really do. This is all like a super horny computer, like manipulating this yeah. man, right? Wow. This is like Terminator shit, but if Terminator was just like super horny. <laughs> <laughs> he was sent back in time to get laid. Well, yeah, it, it was making me think of like if the Matrix, like they just, they didn't entomb people to like get their battery power. They just wanted to like fuck them. Machines just want to like see what they want to see what it's like, (laughs) (laughs) and so she was just like, Yeah, like get in that cave, like throw a rock at that guy. They're all like caves, too. It's like ice cave, regular cave, (laughs) cave with thermal the red cave. I love the red cave. Yeah, Yeah, there were of the seven stories, like over 50% were cave based. It was pretty, (laughs) pretty, pretty heavy cave. Yeah. Uh man, the one segment that I loved was the slasher segment. I think that's the best one. Oh wow, by far. So I love our little taste of these different things. We get a stop motion animation one that I think looked amazing. That's great. The, the stone giant one the that giant we get like great. second, I think. Oh, that, that was one that was, was David Allen. That was the that was, uh, yeah. industrial light magic. That guy. one was the part of the movie where I'm going like it's seventy two minute long movie. We have seven different segments to get through, and we're we're watching these little people run over rocks and little <laughs> for about three minutes we're just watching these two little guys charles band we should be used chase. to now that, that guy will fill out some time with some little people characters he put in an entire little person sent back in time subplot into ghoulies <laughs> that one actor i don't, forget his name we've now talked about it. <laughs> i think he was in this too yeah he was one of, one of them with his brother the, looks exactly like him and sounds exactly like him. Oh, that's cool. He's like the Don Swayze. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the Joe Estevez. But, you know, that guy, he was in Bordello of Blood, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Come on. But I think he's in a dozen Empire pictures. So, of course, Ban's just writing that guy into parts. Yeah. Three minutes of that guy running around stealing the power glove. But uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. Every other segment, someone has to steal the power glove, and he has to get it back and shoot lasers. And then finally, they put him in that the slasher segment where he actually gets to use the computer to do things other yeah. than just shoot lasers. <laughs> he 
He does shoot a laser at the end of it. Yes. But it does boil down to laser. But he's actually using the computer. Like the thing I kind of liked at the beginning of the movie where you're learning all this stuff is like he's like manipulating traffic lights and and he's clearly got like this special advanced computer. And then for the whole movie to it just be like like the predator wristband and then he shoots lasers. It's like (laughs) It's getting so boring. And <laughs> he's then in the typing s- it. Everything he's everything like typing like, in equations beep, beep, beep. to like, like he's like yeah Shoot identifying the problems. Degrees. Yeah, the I mean, solution what? is always the laser. It's always the answer to every one of his little like. Yeah, but this one he he gets to like use Google Maps and he gets to like uh, send out the fake call. What's well, the only one? Radio. Not only is it not set in a cave. Yeah, like many of the others. I'm kind of counting the stone giant because he feels like he came out of the essentially cave. cave. Yeah, yeah. But this one is set in like a modern, modern city in the slums. A slasher, like, like a it. lot of the cop car. The visual of the cop with jelly donuts <laughs> streaming down his mouth, looking like vampire blood. I love the cops who clearly just like were making up anything to talk about. I'm like, hey, what book are you reading? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah it's like, very, very low script there. And then complaining about the jelly donut was very funny. I love that. Let me tell you, I don't, I didn't think uh, Mestima, mm-hmm. was it, was very evil uh, when he was like making cartoon dragons, Rage War. Yeah. But forcing a guy to go to a Wasp concert. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. That's beyond the pale. Forcing a guy to like watch Blackie Lawless jerk around on stage for 90 minutes like that sucks. That sucks. Oh man. Tormento. I got so nervous watching them like light the big wasp thing on fire on the stage. I was like, "No guys, that's that's not a good idea." But oh man, that I, that segment was fun. That was but just wasp showing up in a movie. That's their, the Charles Band segment. Single. I love that that's the one that he directed and wrote. <laughs> Out of all of them, that guy was heavy metal. Is probably that guy is such a, a wheeler and a dealer. He's he's Roger Corman. Oh yeah, it's the exact same thing. And uh, I bet he like talked Wasp into just shooting a music video, and then was also like, also, can I use this for a movie? Oh yeah, like he's just he's filming, he's double using footage and everything. I get, we don't we have not looked up anything, but come on, he, this has to be. <laughs> oh, I know for sure that, that that wasps. Yeah, that was a music video. Wasp was a band that somehow had like multiple gold albums. People were buying wasp I like records. That song. In the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I dig I, I dig this stuff with him. Yeah. Blackie Lawless and his machete, switching back and forth between the characters. The wasp segment's fun. Slasher segment's good. Tell me what you like about the slasher segment. It's like a real like slasher it's just a, noir it's just kind different. of thing. Yeah, I like that it's a, something new. I like that um, it's like the one time where Richard Mall has to give him a hint in segment. Like where he's like, the paper that you see is tomorrow's edition. <laughs> well, yeah, I love it. Like, it just starts with him as a... Your, I like the whole plot of just like, that's a that would be its own fun movie. Like, yeah, suddenly he was giving a detective up. mystery where he's committed a, a murder, so we think. Right, or he he's knows been set up. He's the guy that knows tomorrow's newspaper, and he has to mm. stop the murder. Like that's a good movie. I think that is a movie, but somewhere <laughs> else, I'm sure someone's made that movie. But uh, yeah, I love the cops. Uh, I love that he has to like actually use a little bit of the computer technology beyond. We lasers. really get into him and Cal Cal Abrates relationship. Yeah. Except when he's 
when he's knighted as Calibrate, Excalibrate, it takes <laughs> him a minute to realize that's the name of his computer. He puts it together letter by letter. That had to be a little hurtful if this is Excalibrate <laughs> putting this whole thing together, where he's like, X, Cal, R, B, he's eight? Like counting on figures. And he's doing that it's all just... while Richard Mull's just standing right next to him. Just he's, like gigantic exactly. dude right next to him, watching him kind of work out He's in just real done time. this like, Prince of Darkness! <laughs> and he's kind of still holding the sword, and then the other guy's like going like, X? <laughs> B? Wait a they minute. cut back to, the, to that wide-angle shot of Mole with the sword holding overhead. And then it's just this tight shot of him looming over Paul. Love it. I love... So Peter Mnuchin, who, who... Two of the biggest hits of any of our movie days were Arena and Eliminators. Mm-hmm. You're talking Empire Pictures. You're talking about the movie that gave us an actual Tank Treads Mandroid. Oh. Something you could only only imagine in the comic books coming to life. Eliminators is, you see the mandroid on the cover. Yeah. And you know it's going to be a bait and switch. You know it's not, yeah, there's no way that could be real. It's going to suck. There's never going to be a mandroid. It's not real. Do you remember how much the room flipped out when he like went downstairs? It's legit. We lost our minds. It was like literally watching like animated stuff come to life the like thing they in, did it the thing in robocop it rolled couldn't do stairs yeah but they made a man tank do <laughs> stairs empire for life right so oh, i love 100%. the peer so i'm going in like oh damn arena eliminators those are two of my like top five uh you know empire and i love his movie cave beast is just like this little goblin the kind of throwing easily the suckiest segment <laughs> It's like three minutes long. It's just them in kind of like a stick fight. This I, little goblin peeking up around the corners at him. He I was truly also in, don't understand that one. So I thought it was. So I got a little cave beast theory. I would love it's to hear so it. It's so short. This one has me so dumb, right? Yeah. But it really feels like he was going for something bigger. It probably had a lot cut for time. Yeah. Movie was running a bit long. <laughs> right. So they probably yeah, trimmed, almost at eighty minutes. They probably here. trimmed a lot of it, so it doesn't make sense. Yeah. But it really felt like this was more of the morality play. Like, they tricked him into thinking it was just another cave with just another goblin in it. And all he had to do was kill it. But then when he kills it, I think it turns into an angel. (laughs) And kind of makes him feel bad about killing the goblin. Like, you could have just left. Right. But you had to be a barbarian, huh? Exactly. Cal was, like, testing out his soft side, right? Kind of a manipulative guilt thing. Where she like wants him for his barbarism. It's that that kind of annoying thing that Michael Hannock does, mm-hmm. where you're just like rooting for these like teen punks to get murdered by this family, and then they're then he goes like, "Well, aren't you the aren't you the moral <laughs> one?" Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Oh, you like violence? Oh, so you want? So now you condone violence, huh? I see. I get it. The bad guys getting killed. Yeah, Yeah. I know. He pulls that that trick on you, and it feels like Cal is doing that manipulate. Like she's been wanting to see this barbarian in his little gray foam suit, right, and his power glove, just like going to a wasp concert, right, Mm -hmm. getting sweaty in the pit. But then later on, she's like, "This is when she's gaslighting him, right? Oh, everything's violence with you, huh? 
<laughs> you couldn't just walk away from that fight, right? You were throwing rocks at me, Paul. Yeah. So I don't know. Could this be. Cal feels just like a bad egg. That one definitely. Yeah. That one definitely feels like there was something else supposed to have happened there, and it didn't. It, <laughs> the message didn't get across. That's what I'm reading into this. But yeah. then, as I'm thinking about that, we get this weirdly long Richard Mole like musing about setting a cat on fire describing it really graphically and um but also leaving me with like a lot of questions because he starts off this cat he's that is that when he's sitting in the throne yeah yeah musing about this cat that he tortured great great shot that kind of pans across as he's yeah telling the story of being a child and they capture a cat and set it on fire and he's in like he's not regretting it he's like celebrating he's like graphically describing its death right but then but then i'm also like wait he was a kid exactly like and there's like yeah and there's like cats where he was from right he's i don't remember the devil growing up in the bronx like i didn't get the sense that he was like a man like i thought he was an entity Mm -hmm. and he's like yeah when i was a kid there was this cat in the alley (laughs) next door (laughs) wait Where did this guy, where'd they recruit the devil from? And and his girlfriend about halfway through the movie is like, something else is going on here. Like, why would he be doing this? (laughs) And then he's like, shut up. (laughs) Yeah. I think this is, this gotta be like some Cal composite. So that the very end of the movie, I think what really ties it all together. And again, I think something else was supposed to happen. And you mean this was after our Mad Max? Oh, yeah. (laughs) You don't even where they're driving shitty cyber trucks. That's another one where I was like, right, I'm glad you guys had fun. But then they were firing the they were firing laser guns at each other. Big full guns of lasers. Did he just tell seven of his like assistant like second unit directors to be like, make me a story with lasers or a rubber goblin puppet and we'll like smash them all together. Exactly. I, I want to see what you guys what can happened. do with lasers and puppets. Yeah. I know I yeah, I always forget about that Mad Max one at the end. <laughs> yeah. Even having watched it like last night, I was like, "Oh yeah, all right." With the weird little another little person mm-hmm. who's given like the weird high pitched, fast talking voice. I think that was the same guy from earlier. Yeah, they just put a like little bandit cloak on him and then had him change his voice in Probably. post. <laughs> that one was a very like almost like Miyazaki feeling one, like those those raiders out there with our brightly colored cars and and. Uh, I liked the design of all there. it. I liked yeah. that it wasn't just a uh, you know. They're the usual battle trucks. Some of them were painted cool. Mm-hmm. Very, very few of them. There was only clearly only like two trucks. I love, the, but I uh, like the Sand Raider look. Yeah, exactly. the The end where uh, they they have the the two crash into each other. One of my favorite things in a cheap movie is two cars coming towards each other, and then it cuts to them just being stopped in front of each other <laughs> and blowing up, like not even touching. Just like they're headed right for us at a high rate of speed, and then it's just like <laughs> we we seem like we find like the there's nothing in the middle spectrum. We are either seeing like oh shit, like guys were in those cars, but they just like crashed at forty five. Right. Action USA like through a truck kind of thing, right? Yeah. yeah, it's either Action USA where you're like I don't see any other way they're doing that, or it's you know like one of the main it's the one it's like Spiro going out of a third story window on fire, and you're like. That's a man. Mm-hmm. That's a man, right? Like, so it's we either get that or or man. Was it in Bronx Warriors, nineteen ninety Bronx Warriors? The guy just flat out eats it neck first <laughs> into the windshield of a car, like flies off a motorcycle into like just face first into a car. 
but later the movie also has a guy falling off his bike when he tries to stop it. Yeah. Like pulling up to a house and just eat shit. <laughs> <laughs> just tipping over. Just like within three minutes of each other, a guy suffering the most brutal neck damage uh, you've seen. And also just a guy falling, like tipping over on a bike. Bronx Warriors. Oh, man. We have so many movies to get to. Trash. <laughs> we haven't covered any of the trash saga. Oh, man. But so, all right. So then I love how these movies it comes down to like, just like a fist fight with the devil. Just like a choking fight. Yeah. After he's already won all the segments, you know, all the all the challenges, all the levels, he's like, fight me like a man, Mistima. Yeah. And, uh, of course, the guy's twice as big as he is, so he just kind of, they just kind of roll around on the ground for a while. Yeah. I hate when, like, a video game, when you know it's building up to this fight, when your guy is going to take on, like, a giant mm-hmm. guy, and I'm like, I can't wait to see how that looks. I was playing God of War years ago and the whole time it's building up that you're gonna be facing this gigantic god and i've been looking forward through 30 hours a game to see what that battle looks like and then they cheat at the end and make them the same size oh no yeah the worst come on god of war and so dungeon masters just having them roll around it's like well they're basically the same size in the dirt I wanted to see a big old like man fight, you know. That's always like, yeah. Let Maul swing. That makes me think of those Genesis games I used to play, where it was like Streets of Rage, and the guy would be like twice as big as your guy, but you're just kind of kicking him in the shin. <laughs> like they don't do anything special. I mean, there's for a him. reason I'm so obsessed with Punch Out. Oh, the yeah. idea of that little Mac guy facing bald bull just looks cool. Pull that camera back. Let's mm-hmm. see Richard Maul. Let's see that size. How many six six eight guys? Do you... Also, Maul got into this late. I looked up his age. That, doing the math, that means he was 45 here. Yeah, yeah. It's like his mid-40s when Night Court started. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. 45 already? And he Took lives- him a while. Man, what a career. That's probably one of those things where he's in a bunch of like 60s movies as like a henchman or something, right? He plays a lot of thugs and henchmen, but I don't yeah. think his career started until like late 70s. I don't think he was doing... I don't think this was a guy who was, like, constantly acting, mm-hmm. trying to get into it. I think it just fell into it. You either have to look like a Michael Berryman kind of freak, or you just got to have a great face like his face. Well, that's what, yeah, at the beginning of this episode, what I was trying to say was he is just such a perfect on-camera presence in whatever he does, Richard Mall, And so it's one of those where you just go, like, man, it's, it's such a cliche thing to say. It was like, we got to, like... Be on this planet at the same time as Richard Mull. Like, I pretty mean, cool. There's a Not reason, everybody is like that. There's guy. a reason Night Court went over 200 episodes and Bull Shannon was the popular <laughs> I mean, people loved Richard. It's, yeah. it's hard to put into words what, how, how America dug Richard Mull in, like, 1985. We were talking about that earlier. 84 to 92. This guy started that show in, like, Reagan. And then was like, Clinton age that, that at the end of it. saw the Berlin Wall come down. <laughs> <laughs> we got post Berlin Wall Night Court. Yeah, but like, what a what an eight year period to span. If you span twenty fifteen to twenty twenty three, uh, mostly who gives a shit? Junk. Yeah, twenty ten to to twenty eighteen. It's the exact same years essentially. You know, and eighty four to ninety two. Man, Bull Shannon ushered us into a new new generation. Of computers. Of computer age. Of computer age <laughs> computer lasers. Age. Uh, but then the final, final sequence, after they've had their little roll around in the dirt, and and uh, Paul and, and his girlfriend come back to their apartment, seemingly back. Yeah. 
And then Cal, who's had this very pixelated, drony voice the whole time, suddenly has a regular woman's voice. And then the girlfriend's just like, yes, let's get married. And She's even convinced. Paul is like, I'm not so sure <laughs> we're back here. And then they just kiss and the credits roll. I love the... Uh, and uh, I don't think he's... Yeah, I think he's still in there somewhere. I, I love think, the I cynicism. The, the computer's got him now in the Matrix. like, And he's going to be living in this simulation where it's actually the girlfriend is the computer. I love it. The whole time. I love it. I am so on board with that. I am so into that as a story where now this guy is just trapped and he kind of, he can feel it. He knows, right? Yeah. yeah. He knows. Um, but it's one of, I love that. It's, man, so now you're, now you're painting Dungeon Masters, this whole, like, almost like Harlan Ellison kind of like. Uh, Absolutely. William Gibson, Harlan Ellison, some really interesting sci fi concepts here. That the, whole thing with computer. Wh- you know, knowing it's lawnmower fate. man kind of stuff. No, <laughs> yeah, beyond cyberspace. Exactly. <laughs> knowing that you're like uh, you, you also occupied a world with a, a thing named rat spit. Mm-hmm. You're that make you already kind of a cynic. But yeah, but then it, it brings up the questions of like, well, is it really so bad? You're getting everything you wanted like 62 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Is it is it really so bad? Knowing that it's fake. At what point do you accept the matrix? Man, a bold move for the dungeon master, Rage War, yeah, to set up like a series of sequels for a movie that is about fifty-four minutes long. Like that's a, that's that's pretty rich to be like. That's right, we got some more ideas on where to take this. Like we barely cleared an hour. Here. Could have gone in some interesting directions. <laughs> yeah, we had to add six minutes building up to full frontal just to push this over the mountaintop. That eight-minute credit sequence is insane. Killers of the Flower Moon didn't have an eight-minute credit sequence. Right. Godfather 2 didn't have an eight-minute credit sequence. The Dungeon Master <laughs> needs eight minutes. What's at play here? What's going on? Yeah. So obviously everybody should go watch The Dungeon Master. It's perfect. It's on Tubi. I what? love it. There's got to be a great Wikipedia page just for Empire pictures, oh, right? Empire International. Look up there, man. There's again thirty movies I would I would do an episode on sorority babes at the slime ball bowlerama. Oh hell yeah! Tomorrow. Oh man, there's... Rath, that's Ratspit's basically cousin in that movie. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, there's so many of these. Man, you want to do robot jocks? Yes, I am up yes, for. I ro- want to do obviously, jocks. we're gonna do robot jocks. <laughs> Arena feels like the big that. I mean, that was such a legendary movie. Our movie days. These. These are movies just made for our specific age, direct to video. I saw Demonic Toys with a kid on my Little League team. Mm-hmm. Never seen anything like that before. Charles Band owned all those toys attack movies. Exactly. Dominated that shelf at the horror video store. This guy found his niche and just went at it cheaply with a bunch of creative dudes. Dungeon Master, you have. I am so sold on it. I went into this being like, well, I don't. Don't think there's much to talk about in Dungeon Master. <laughs> now I'm convinced about the deeper meanings of it. Of Watch Rage it again. War. Watch it again. At the end, there's a very like telling, just him being like, "I don't think we are back." And then she's like, "I'll marry you." And then, and then it's over. It's I like, mean, a theme of the some right. of these, something right here. These Empire movies, so many of them are so stupid seeming, mm-hmm. but there's often more like. Trancer seems both stupid because Tim Thomerson's cracking jokes and making his like Tim Thomerson perfect faces. 
like that's a well-written sci-fi that's an interesting yeah that one's a if i remember right it's like a really really interesting concept of traveling back in time yeah it has great ideas and execution of those ideas yeah a movie like arena seems like it could be cheesy remember how much detail how we were blown away by like how many different alien species did they make creature effects are so good in that movie yeah the fights are all great for these movies that got kind of like brushed off as straight to video like not you know being like dolls is an excellent horror movie an excellent fantasy movie like these movies are Mm -hmm. I i think you know from beyond reanimator those are no secret but this catalog is plum and he made he made some real movies in here. Yeah, and like I said, you got the best people. Like yeah, Beekler. And I did not go into this thinking Dungeon Master was one of them. And I come out of this <laughs> just wondering, like, what else can they do? I know Zone Troopers ain't good. Okay. I know Vicious <laughs> Lips ain't good. There are some dogs. Sure, there's some dogs in here. Robot Holocaust sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> sounds cool. Robot Holocaust. He's really getting them. Like, he's like a lot of people have been talking about Shoah lately. <laughs> we got to get on this Holocaust. Get on bandwagon. this bandwagon, man. The bandwagon. Perfect name for it. That guy yeah. chased chased money. He knew it and knew it. Yeah. I want. Yeah. This is an Empire cast now. Go see the Dungeon Master. Google Google Charles Band. Look up any number of those. He was like tourist trap. This guy did everything. Yeah. You've covered this guy as much as anybody we've done. We're gonna, yeah, on. I'll put together our, our Empire Pictures like playlist of all the movies we've done so far. Now it's yeah, we've done a half dozen of these. Easy, and, and we'll do a half dozen more. Yeah. by the end of the year. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you for listening, and good night.